Thank you for listening in. Our Heavenly Father provides a model prayer to guide us so that our praise of Him and our requests leave no stones unturned. His model graciously includes, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If we apply the principles of our Savior's model prayer, there is hope for us, for God will supply all our needs, including the strength to resist temptation in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Let's pray. Father, help me now to preach your word on this family day. Thank you for family and friends that that have come to worship you as families today. Thank you for a full house. And we pray, Father, that you use me now, that you would anoint me to say a word to husbands and wives, children, uncles and aunts, and grandparents and cousins, and friends and neighbors and co-workers, and to those who know you're not. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, I want you to turn to uh, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. The book of James, chapter 1, verses 12 through uh, 16. There you'll find these words. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desires has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved Brethren, And from this passage of scripture, I want to preach winning the battle over temptation. Winning the battle over temptation. There is not a person on earth, on the face of the earth, who has lived long enough to know right from wrong, who has not been confronted with the issue of temptation. Regardless of your race, regardless of your economic status, regardless of your location, regardless of your education, regardless of how much you know, how wise you think you are, what kind of environment you're in, or your circumstances, whether you're saved or lost, all of us have yielded to temptation at one point in time or another. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was confronted with the issue of temptation and he was the only person on the face of the earth who had complete victory over temptation. Now, all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. As a matter of fact, the scripture says there is none righteous. And in case you think you are, the scripture says, no, not one. Some of the temptations we have yielded to And this is not a comprehensive list, but I believe you'll find yourself somewhere therein. Some of the temptation is lying. Some have yielded to cheating. Some of you have stolen. Some of you are in pride and arrogance. Others, you have an issue with racial prejudice. 
Some of you have been engaging in sexual immorality. You've yielded. Others of you, drugs and ice and so forth. Others, overindulging in alcohol. Some of you, abandonment, pornography, gambling, overspending, overeating, talking too much, gossip, prejudging, seeking revenge, manipulation, seeking power to have an exalted view of yourself, to be selfish, jealous, to grumble and complain, to yield to peer pressure. We're tempted to break the speed limit. We're tempted to be lazy, negative, greedy. We're tempted to not speak up for Jesus. We're tempted to not trust God in circumstances. We're tempted to steal God's glory. We're tempted to believe a lie instead of believing the truth. We're tempted to give up on ourselves. We're tempted to give up on others. We're even tempted to stay in bed on Sunday and not come and worship with the saints on the Lord's day. Now, how many of you all had your button pushed in this list? Let me see your hands. And this is not a comprehensive list. But all of us have had our button pushed and we all are guilty of one more or more or maybe even all. Who knows? <laughs> what is temptation? What is temptation? Temptation from the enemy is for the purpose of causing one to fall and to become entangled in sin. It is the act of enticement to do evil through flattery and seduction to lead one astray. It is to become defiled and ultimately destroyed because of temptation. Temptation from the enemy is for the purpose of causing one to fall and to become entangled in sin. It is the act of enticement to do evil through flattery and seduction, to lead one astray, to defile, and ultimately to destroy. My friends, be it known to you today, as long as there is a devil, as long as we are in this world, as long as we live in this unredeemed flesh, we shall be tempted unto the day of our deaths. It is absolutely impossible to live in this world and not be tempted by the devil, to not be tempted by the things of this world, and to not be tempted by your own fleshly cravings, appetites, and desires. Let's now look at the passage and see how James instruct believers as it relates to the critical issue of temptation, I have outlined the passage this way. Verse 12 is the call to endure a temptation. Verse 13 is choosing the right response in temptation. Verse 14 is controlling our fleshly desires in temptation. Verse 15 is the consequences of temptation. And verse 16 is the cause of temptation. Verse 12, the call to endure temptation. Verse 13, choosing the right response in temptation. Verse 14, controlling our fleshly desires in temptation. Verse 15, the consequences of temptation. And verse 16, the cause of temptation. Let's look at verse 12, the call to endure temptation. The scripture says in verse 12, 
Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. You see, the person who endures, the person who withstands, the person who resists temptation shall be blessed, which is to have an inward spiritual joy and satisfaction because you did not yield when you were tempted by the enemy. He has an inner divine assurance and confidence in Christ that carries him through his trials, through temptations, regardless of the severity. When we know and live the word of God and depend exclusively on the word, the Holy Spirit as well, we will endure, we will stand fast, and we will persevere. A crown of life will be awarded to believers who successfully endure tests, trials, and temptations. God will reward his children who withstand the onslaught of accusation, darts, and demonic attacks from the enemy against them. And when we endure and when we win the battle, God rewards us accordingly. Amen? Look at verse 13. Verse 13 is choosing the right response in temptation. Choosing the right response in temptation. Verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted... I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt any one. This is choosing the right response in temptation. It is so easy to blame someone else for being tempted and succumbing to temptation. We must refuse to blame God for our sins, which is an inappropriate response when dealing with temptation. To blame God Satan and others is the surest way to keep us from confronting the issue of ourselves. We must take full responsibility for our own sins, for our own rebellion against God. And you know what? Blaming others is nothing new. That's been going on since the dawning of creation. The blame game was played all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Then the man said, The woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. Adam blames Eve. So God talks to Eve. You know what she says in Genesis 3, 13b? The woman said, The serpent deceived me. And I ate. Neither one took responsibilities for their sins, for their own personal sins. Instead of playing the blame game, when you succumb, when you yield to temptation, you know what all of us should do? We need to cry out for God's mercy and forgiveness. God is too holy to be tempted by anyone. And neither does God prompt anyone to do evil. How we respond to temptation is so critical because the right response leads to righteousness, uh, victory, and blessings. And the wrong response leads to sin, misery, shame, and death. How you respond to temptation is so critical. If you choose the right response, you get victory, righteousness, and blessings. If you respond in an inappropriate way, then comes shame, misery, and death. And for one to conclude that they fell into temptation because they were tempted by God, 
is absolutely ludicrous. For God is perfect. He is without sin. He has no vulnerability and is impregnable. God is so holy that angels in his presence perpetually acknowledge his holiness. You know, when the, the angels announce, they proclaim the holiness of God. And, you know, and God has many attributes. But the angels in his presence, they continually speaks of his holiness. They don't say God is just, just, just. You know, they don't say God is omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent. You know, they don't say God is all those things. You know what they say? God is holy, holy, holy. Isaiah 6.3 says, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 says, For the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And 10,000 years have passed and holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 14, controlling our fleshly desires in temptation. Verse 14 says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You see, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we must constantly control our fleshly desires and assume personal responsibility for our own sinful fleshly decisions. We yield to temptation when our own lust draws us toward evil things that are appealing to our fleshly desires. Satan knows what you like. Satan knows what your weaknesses are. Satan knows what you are most likely to succumb to. You say, well, how does he know? He's been studying human behavior since Adam and Eve. If we fail to win the war within, which is the war between the flesh and the Holy Spirit, we will lose the battle against temptation. And even Paul, a stalwart of the faith, wrestled with himself when it deals with his own fleshly tendencies. And if Paul struggled with himself, and that was an inner war raging within Paul, and none of us in here is at the level of Paul, and if he had his issues wrestling with the flesh and spirit, what about us? And Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 25a, you see the struggle, you see an intense struggle by Paul with the Holy Spirit against the flesh. If you have your Bibles, I'm reading this particular passage from the New Living Translation, because I just want to bring home the point with even a heightened sense of clarity. Look at the struggle and the tension Paul has as I read this. And I know that nothing good lives in me. This is Paul talking. And that's you and me too. That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Are you like that? I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. 
I love God's law. How many of y'all love God's word? How many of you love God's word? Uh, but the struggle is still there even though you love God's word. The tension is still, still there. Paul said, I love God's law with all my heart. Verse 23, but there is another power within me that is at war within my, with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable, wretched person I am who will free me or deliver me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the only one that can help you in the battle. Now, be it known to you today, if you know not the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no one resident within you to help you fight against the flesh. You need someone greater than yourself if you're going to win the war within. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 is the consequences of temptation. Verse 15 says, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. When one yields to temptation, the slippery slope of sin causes one to slide. You slide from the desire to sin. Sin starts with a desire. It starts with a desire. There is a desire to sin. Then you, you end up committing the actual sin. You go from desire to sin to committing the actual sin and ultimately dying because of your sins. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. I have sinned. I have to confess my sins. You have to confess your sins. We all have to confront the issue of ourselves, because we are in a sin-cursed fallen world and Satan is ready to wipe us out. And if we're not walking in close relationship with the Lord, he will. Romans 6 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The wages, the payment for sin is what? The payment for sin is what? Is death. Let me tell you something about sin. Sin takes you further than you want to go. Keeps you longer than you want to stay. And costs you more than you want to pay. Do I need, do not, y'all think I need to share that again? I, I, I think that's worth reiterating because somebody need to get the point because somebody's about to get themselves in trouble and I'm trying to save you some trouble. I'm try- Matter of fact, I'm trying to save you a whole lot of trouble. Sin takes you further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you want to pay. Huh? I'm not hardly through with this message. Look at verse 16, the cause of temptation. Verse 16 says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. This is the cause of temptation. At the heart of all temptation is deception. Say deception. That's that's the issue. That's the key word. Say it again. Say say it a little bit louder. Say it a little bit louder. That is at the heart of all temptation. Temptation does not always appear as temptation. 
and always carries with it an alluring bait that appeals to our natural desires. The bait is always attractive. If it were not attractive, you wouldn't bite it. You know why fish bite the hook? They don't see, they don't see that little thing that's, that's gonna catch them. They just see the worm. But they bite into it and get hooked up and we have some good fish at bases. Amen? The bait is always attractive. It's always attractive and deceptive on the surface. Huh? But underneath uh, is embedded with sorrow, punishment, and shame. Please don't bite the bait. She might be pretty, but don't bite the bait. He might be handsome, got a nice car, nice ride, nice house, but don't bite the bait. Just because she cute don't mean she's right for you. Don't bite the bait. Don't bite the, please don't bite the bait. Please don't bite the bait for it blinds us from sin and its devastating consequences. Huh. Let me surmise some of this for you today. It is absolutely impossible to live in this world and not be tempted by Satan, the world, and the flesh. All of us in this room have been tempted. We have all yielded to temptation, and if you say you haven't, you just yielded to lying. That's right. <laughs> Even Jesus, when he was on earth, he was tempted, but yet he completely had victory over the temptation. It is absolutely impossible to live in this world and not be tempted by Satan, not be tempted in the world, and by your own fleshly desires and tendencies and cravings. Number two, since temptation is inevitable, it is critical that we repent and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It is only by his strength that we can have victory over temptation. You have to, you say, so how do I have victory over temptation? You have to first get in Christ. Because if you don't get in Christ, you're fighting a losing battle. You need someone greater than you to deal with the, all of the issues in life and the temptations in life that you're going to be confronted with that wants to wipe you out. So you got to repent. You got to cry to God, say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I come to you just as I am. Save me, Jesus, by the power of your blood. I believe in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I'm tired of myself. I'm tired of my ways. I'm tired of my mouth. I'm tired of my attitude. I'm tired of my sins. Oh, God, I turn from them now, and I renounce them, and I embrace you, Lord, as my one and only Savior, my one and only Lord. Save me where I am, and Jesus will come in and take residence in your heart, and he will transform your heart. And he will give you the power to resist as you depend on him. Mark chapter 1 verses 14 through 15 says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Where is the word repentance today? It's literally gone from many churches. But we need to call people to repentance. That's right. Information can't change you. Rehab can't change you. Some 12-step program can't change you. But I know a God who can change you. I 
like what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. When is the last time you've asked someone, have you been born again? You ask them how you like the Cowboys or the Spurs or Lakers or uh, uh, Chicago or Cleveland. But, but what about Jesus? Have you been born again? Acts 3.19 says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent, be converted so your sins will be blotted out. Unless you turn from your sins and from your selfishness and from your wicked ways, you are still in your sins and will die in your sins unless you receive Jesus, who's the only one by his blood that can cleanse you, redeem you from your sin. Number three, embedded in every temptation is pride, which is to disregard the word of God. It is to doubt the word of God. It is to act independently in our own human wisdom and strength. And this is the surest way to be overtaken by the enemy. It's called pride. When Satan can get you to doubt the validity of God's word, then he has you right where he wants you to be. And that's what he did in the garden with Eve. God had given Adam and Eve instructions. And you know what Satan did? That devil came up and got her to doubt the validity of the word of God. God is all-knowing all-powerful, and everywhere present. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is always ready, willing, and able to hear us, answer our prayers, and sustain us. When we call upon the Lord, Satan will flee, because he and his limited power can in no way stand in the presence of our power source. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.